0: Hello, geeks, and welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, cycles, and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite properties from film, television, comic books, and what have you. And tonight, we have a absolute masterpiece of a cult classic that I'm going to be de- <laughs> yeah. deconstructing and building back up again uh, with our favorite actor of all time, Nicolas Cage. And here with me to talk all things Cage Rage, Uh, With me is the co-host of From the Mouths of Madness, co-host of Beautiful Disasters, regular on Geeks Under the Influence, and uh, here as well, we've got Fuck You, Hunter. What's up, bitches? We just had you on the episode that's coming out next week about the four-hour extended cut of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Which sounds like a marathon, and actually, I thought it was going to be much,
2: much more of a beat beat down on me watching that four-hour Zack Snyder movie. Right.
0: And I was recognizing as I was watching uh, Face Off today that I just assumed that it was like an hour and a half to two hour movies. It's like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. Face-off. Yeah. It's longer than you think. And here's the other thing. It's almost 25 years old. Jesus. See,
2: I, yeah. it seems like it was maybe 10 years ago. Like, I know it doesn't forever... seem that long ago, 25 years ago. Jesus. Cause that bitch came out in 97. Wow. I know it's crazy. Cause I'm like, yeah, no, that was just like, nope. Um, it, like literally I think next year is 25 years.
0: Wow. Well, I w- want to say to our listeners, welcome. I'm Mike, the Hobbit, your host on this podcast. And uh, we are talking face off the just incredibly like over the top, absolute insanity of John Wu mixed <laughs> with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. And the, yes. the combination of all three is this trifecta of just batshit insanity. That's the thing
2: with it is that it's almost like a who gets to play the bad guy and overact while the other person is the underacting. It's just this amazing blend. And then you've got John Woo, doves flying, two gun action everywhere throughout the movie. All
0: all sorts of it. It's insane. I love that most of this movie is Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage and then being John Travolta trying to act like Nicolas Cage. (laughs) And he's not pulling it off the same way that say Robert Downey Jr. did in Tropic Thunder playing four different accents at the same time, layered on top of one another. It's the one scene that I always think of when I think about just the terrible acting that's happening with Nicholas cage. in this is the prison fight scene where he's oh going. God, was Woo! And then he starts like half sobbing in between his woos. And it's yeah. so blatantly <laughs> bad
2: scenery. No, chewing. but you know, that wasn't in the script, you know, he's literally like, all right. So when to go from excited to uh, upset all in one smooth motion. And John
0: was, John was like, well, it's not really, he's like, I'm just doing it. Just keep, Keep filming, all right? It's like people that will throw spaghetti at a wall to make sure it sticks, and Nicolas Cage is just throwing the spaghetti, the water, the pot, the stove, <laughs> yeah. just everything to see what worked. And some of the choices in this, I mean, so many of the Nicolas Cage memes come from this movie. There's the him as a doing this weird scream voice when he's on drugs in hiding, and he's looking in the mirror and trying to make the castor Troy face, and he turns around to Gina Gershon, <laughs> just going, Ugh! At making this insane face
2: and just in case you like somehow fell asleep and forgot what's going on in the movie literally near i guess the end of the movie there's a scene where there's castor troy and sean archer john travolta and nick cage and they're facing each other but there's a mirror between them and so they're supposed to shoot at themselves but not themselves and it's just like uh, okay we we like we already get the point but just in case there's a mirror scene that reminds you that's the bad guy you're looking at but you're that guy john
0: who really thought he was <laughs> doing something with that scene he's like no see it's it's metaphor and people are like yeah, yeah. john we know yeah, don't, look,
2: why are we getting deep with the movie where literally they're taking their faces off and putting them on everybody else and there's a microchip that makes your voice sound like the other person
0: there is a five minute scene of Nicolas Cage talking about taking John Travolta's face off, face (laughs) off, and the other dude starts doing it as well, and it's fucking, I've never heard the title of the movie repeated that many times in a row in a movie before. Oh, yeah. There's a creepy scene where, you know,
2: um, John Travolta, you know, as evil, you know, um, the evil Caster Troy goes to Sean Archer's house and is pretty much hitting on his 16-year-old daughter oh which yeah which is just like so th- creepy like, and then the mom comes home and he's like "Ooh yeah like you know i hate to see you go <laughs> like it's so ridiculous it's and so... yet fucking amazing
0: and also like it part of the plot in the movie is that castor troy you know is in the face of of sean archer and he's been fucking sean archer's wife like which is yep you know, rape i mean like and that's just part yeah of the plot like it is never really fully addressed like it is briefly where like we've lived as man and wife for like a week and then she just like kind of shoves that off a little bit you can tell she's shook but not in that like oh what, well, the, the dude that murdered our child <laughs> has been well like boning how down thorough how thorough
2: is this like face off body swap like did they go completely like or are we just supposed to believe that cage and travolta have the same dong size you know what i mean like yeah, right like that, that's what i'm saying like
0: how thorough do they go did they replace everything so if that's the here's point the other where thing. your suspension of dif- belief is like being removed from this movie like you just give up and on watching this movie altogether because there's so well, the many other,
2: the other thing that always blew my mind is the fact that they didn't get two actors that have the same body type all right like you know nick cage is kind of stringy And this is during post Pulp Fiction when John Travolta, he's packed on a few pounds. He's not fat, but he's kind of a big guy, you know? So you have to believe again, besides the face that they, you know, cut off a little weight off of, uh, you know, Travolta to make him cage size. And then the opposite had to happen with cage where they added some fat to make him the same size. It's one of those things. It's like, you didn't even
0: really want to have the guys be the same size, so it's just the face. All right, whatever. Well, then also you have to worry about like shoulder width, actual height, you know, all these things <laughs> exactly. that that are not the same. And somehow they're just like, no, it's fine. The lifts in the shoes, it's fine. Just did not explain anything. This isn't a movie you watch for scientific accuracy about anything no, because the concept no. alone is batshit insane. Well, it's here's Buck Wild. I love the Fast and Furious movies. The later
2: ones, Mm -hmm. because you just have to take your brain out and not think about science, physics, what would kill a normal human person, human being. And face off is kind of one of the early ones where they said, if you're going to think about it too much, don't watch this fucking movie. Okay. Just have fun. Yes. They swap faces. It's
0: overacting. It's insane stunts. Just go with the flow. All right. And I love that at about the two hour mark, you're like, okay, the movie's about over. They're, they're standing off in a church and they're looking at each other and there's like a five person standoff at the same time. And yep. you're like, okay, this is the ending. No, there's 30 more minutes of like, oh, there's fight, boat. Yeah, you gotta get boat chases. Boat I mean, it's just when you think that it's gotten, it's as bonkers as it's, it's going to be. There's like the boat is launching off of a police boat in it, it, explosions. And I mean, full on fast and the furious level physics don't exist kind of insanity happening and I'm and I'll be so honest fucking here for it <laughs> last thing I want to bring up I lost it at the
2: very end of this movie the first time I watched it I can't believe I didn't bring this up earlier for some reason Sean Archer John Travolta's family have this thing where when they see each other <laughs> they take their hand and then put it on the other person's face and wipe their hand down they don't hug or kiss but they that's the way they show love it's one of the most fucking ridiculous things I've ever seen in a movie. And at the very end, Castor Troy's son or Bass son, I don't know how you label it. He gets adopted by Sean Archer's family. And when he comes in and the daughter walks over there and I was like, please do it, please do it. And she puts her hand out and I fucking lost it in the theater. <laughs> I was like, you, holy shit. This is fucking amazing. I didn't care who else was in there. It was the end of the movie anyway, but God damn it. That was, amazing, ridiculous, all in one. And on
0: top of a movie that I just watched two and a half hours of it being amazing and ridiculous. Yeah. I uh, showed this movie to Amy Bogard for the first time, maybe three or four months ago. <sighs> oh, and God. the thing that she centered on, I think the most out of everything in the entire movie was the face hand thing <laughs> that the family did. <laughs> Cause she's like, that's great. Don't touch my face. Just don't touch my face. I don't want you to touch my face. Like, that's how you're saying I love you. Just rubbing your gross, dirty hands on my face. Like, what if I have makeup on? <laughs> it, it's
2: it's a bad memory now because it, uh, it was my second marriage. Um, but um, I literally, we had the person marrying us at the very end. Instead of you may kiss the bride, you may now face off. And we literally, in front of all my friends and family, took our hands and put them on each other's face <laughs> and wiped it down. No, you did So want to say how much I fucking love this movie. I did that shit in front of everybody. Now the marriage is over, but it's
0: still a good memory. Fair enough. Jesus. Okay, so this has <laughs> some long-standing uh, deep-seated feelings for you, which brings us to kind of the point of this whole show, is we're breaking down this movie and discussing how we would do a reboot, remake, reimagining of this uh, thing, and uh, do you try to make it as uh, close to the original as possible? Do you go completely out of out of bounds and do it something totally differently? Um, we're going to both have Two versions. One version we think is the best idea that you could come up with for a remake, including casting and director. And the second one, the remix, that's going to be just like a outside the box, very bonkers kind of approach to this property. Yep. For your version of Face Off, uh, set the tone. Like, what are you changing as far as the the script goes? What kind of, is it going to still be like a a bonkers action movie? Or is it going to be, I don't know, a noir film? No, 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 it's, it's still, it's going to be a bonkers
2: action movie, but on a higher level, like where there was probably about four, like three or four things that happened in a two and a half hour movie that were pretty action packed. No, I want 10 plus. I want, I want this as much fast and furious feel as you possibly can get. It's just full octane action from start to finish. Okay. That's kind of where I would go with just it.
0: just nonstop, no no breathers, yeah. no like worrying about character development, anything like that. You're just nope. It's just yeah full on yeah, action. Yeah, no. you you'll get a little bit, but we're not going
2: into this for a character development besides just the insanity of the, you know, scenario, and then just throw out a bunch of fucking crazy action pieces, you know, like I'm talking about helicopter versus motor, like speedboat, shit like that. Like you're just gonna get insane.
0: Now, one thing that uh I consider whenever I watch movies preparing for these episodes is how it holds up. As far as if you're going to do it in modern day, is there any kind of major changes to the script that you have to do? And, uh, no, not really. I mean, there are cell phones in, in 96 or 97. Um, they're basic, but I mean that it doesn't change the story at all to have cell phones that are better now, you know, Uh, that's fine. Um, there is the bizarrely futuristic and only futuristic thing in the entire movie. Uh, like oil rig secret prison with the Mario boots that like stick to the floor. That oh, is, that, is that the only
2: thing, not the how they do the faces or okay, any microchips well, that can change voices, but
0: that's a, that's the one thing. you're right. It, it's so uh, okay. Yes. The facing off part is also <laughs> part of this futuristic, but literally everything else in the movie is 96. And then there's this stuff from like 2050. That it just exists. That's
2: why I got so excited when I watched Civil War. And after they, you know, captured most of Captain America's team and they fly out and you see the prison come up from the water.
0: I was like, holy shit. They borrowed that shit from fucking face off, man. They got a water prison, (laughs) right? You don't really have to do any kind of like modernization for the the plot, really, which is great. That makes it a lot easier to keep it in present day and not have to do a, a period piece or something. So for mine... The thing that I love the most about Face Off is the fact that you've got Travolta and Nicolas Cage playing each other. Travolta's trying to do batshit insane Nicolas Cage, which is its own delight separately, and is just a wonderful thing to to partake in. And then Nicolas Cage trying to do like a more muted him, and then doing a muted him acting like him, and it's just fucking insane. And I really wanted to get actors that just like Travolta and Cage have their own kind of way that they approach characters. I wanted actors to really do that as well. And when I discovered who were were the right choices for those roles, it kind of informed the tone, which is going to be more of a uh, horror thriller kind of approach, but with the campiness still included, like it's still a little bit balls to the wall, but you're doing it more in a, in a horror tone than the, you know, the like John Woo action sequence kind of stuff. So, so you're moving a, a little away from the action and more of kind of a thriller,
2: like we're going to take this seriously or? Like
0: an action thriller with comedic elements. Um, okay. Not a horror movie, but light notes. So, so think about like The Bone Collector Taking Lives, uh, Suspect Zero, even like Seven. Okay. You know, they the kind of like thrillers with a little bit of horror set dressing, but not exactly a horror movie. Yeah. That's more what I'm going with, but just big acting. And instead of Castro Troy being just this like terrorist for hire, which is just that's just basically <laughs> being like, I don't know, a guy that likes to twirl his mustache and blow up stuff. It's just not, doesn't mean anything. I wanted a different kind of motivation. Um, and I thought it would be fun to make Castro Troy the leader of a cult instead. Like there you go. A, a doomsday cult that was like needed to sacrifice millions in order to set off the apocalypse. So that's where the bomb comes into play. But then you could actually kind of have a conversation about like the level of, um, bullshit that happens with cult leaders where the cult leader is now in the body of the police officer chasing him. (laughs) And he's just like, Oh, this is way cooler. And he's, and he's like fucking over his, his cult, um, the police officer. So you see that he's just a shyster. Like he's, he's not, he doesn't really have, he's not actually believing in his fucking bullshit. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I thought that'd be kind of fun to play in that environment. So it's still the spirit of face off and and still the you have to take the face off. I thought about like magic happening. I'm like, no, fuck. No, you no, have to take no. the faces off. Yeah, you got to earn that shit. You got to. That's the whole point of the movie. Otherwise, <laughs> it's like a body. Sw- it might as well be freaky fucking Friday. You know, you can't. Exactly. You can't do that. So. So, yeah, that's that's more the tone that I'm going for um, that. And also the daughter ends up getting kidnapped as a sacrifice to set off the apocalypse by, uh, Caster Troy. And that's what starts the crazy, you know, end scene with, I mean, we're doing the boat, we're doing all the shit, but just like this movie's version of that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, I feel like I should've gone a little more detail of my plot, man. I,
2: you know, like, I, I, I just sold it like, yeah, don't worry about anything, but the fucking action scenes. But like,
0: I have some stuff there I'll, I'll throw in if you, if you want, so. Yeah, as, as we're talking about the different characters, we can All right, expand our l- worlds a little bit. So uh, what normally informs the the style and tone of the movie the most is uh, who's the director. So for your director, for, this is our real takes version. Who do you have uh, helming this bad boy? Oh, man.
2: I, I mean, I've, I've already brought it up as the way I'd go with this is I love Fast and Furious. So you know what my favorite of the bonkers Fast and Furious movies is? Part 7. So
0: motherfucking James Wan. You know, I consider James Wan thoroughly. It seems like an incredibly, (laughs) I mean, it seems like a common sense choice. Yeah. Like it's such a perfect progression to just go fast and furious with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, so he's done fast and furious seven. He did mm, the saw movies, which I wouldn't really put into this, but you know, Aquaman, which is just, you know, silly popcorn Mm -hmm. style
0: movie. So yeah, I think he would be perfect for this. Hell yeah. Uh, for me, because I wanted somebody that could really make it gruesome uh, and with that thriller vibe, but then, you know, the, the actors themselves are going to be ones that are bringing most of that comedy element, uh, at, same as Travolta and Cage, just chewing every inch of scenery, just making <laughs> it the best. So the director, I wanted to focus on the tone. Uh, so I got the director that did the Evil Dead remake, Don't Breathe, Don't Breathe 2 that's in post-production, and The Girl in the Spider's Web. Uh, which oh, was, hell yeah. Uh, that is uh, Fede Alvarez. Is the name of the director. And I didn't realize it was the same dude that had done all those movies. And I went, well, how am I not using him more on Smack My Pitch Up? This is a deft director that does the horror thriller genre very well. Yeah. Yeah. He can do gruesome. He can do batshit insane. He can ha- play with strong character driven stories like The Girl in the Spider's Web. You know, that you're, you're, there's a caricature of a person that you're kind of falling around in the movie itself is kind of being informed by the actions of that character. Um, I didn't know he directed I, I didn't know he directed Now I actually go back and watch that. So like, yeah, I didn't watch girl in the spider's web and I'm mad now because like, I love, he, he yeah. doesn't have a, he doesn't have a long list of movies. He hasn't been doing it for that long, maybe past like 10, 12 years. So I'm interested to see what this dude does next. Cause he's got a pretty good uh, list going at this point. And that sometimes, you know what? It's funny.
2: Those movies you ignore. And then you find out this director that you followed some of their stuff. And you're like, Oh shit, I guess I have to go back. Hence why I had to watch Leprechaun Returns literally because the director of that had done The Void, Manborg, a bunch of crazy ass movie. And then most recently, Psycho Gorman. And I love Psycho Gorman so much. I was like, I need to go back and I guess watch Leprechaun Returns, a movie I had no interest in seeing till I found out the director.
0: The director that did uh, the House on Haunted Hill um, Netflix series. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike Flanagan. And he did... Uh, was it dr sleep and he's done a couple other really cool projects he also did a ouija movie like the prequel yeah um, yeah random shit. ouija origins or something and the other ouija movies suck are bad and then just randomly like the third or fourth one is mike flanagan and it's a solid like it's a solid movie yeah i need to go back and that's another
2: movie where i was like "Uh, the director's kind of legit so i guess i need to give Randomly, this movie, but do
0: I have to watch the other movies, right. or can I
2: just watch this one?
0: You know, I'm gonna go ahead and say you probably aren't gonna miss a whole lot of the plot if you just dive in. That, that yeah, I like figured too... it's pretty. It's a board, and it's fucked up, and people get killed. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, pretty much nailed it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we oh, just wrote the script for it. <laughs> wow, perfect. That's my director. uh Who do you have for your casting on your uh, fast in the oh, man? I debated back and forth.
2: Off. I had I had a bunch of different names, but you know what? I'm just going to go with, uh, two actors that have both played good guys and bad guys in different movies. So as castor, Troy slash Sean Archer, one of them is Jason Statham and the cast, the Troy Archer or the uh, Sean Archer castor. Troy other one is Carl urban. Wow. Yeah. So, which is kind of funny because like, obviously Statham, he's done the Fast and Furious movies, stuff like that. But Carl Urban's done some amazing shit. And I just figured I'm going to throw him in because the motherfucker is killing it on the boys. He's been in so many movies. He's done so many different types of characters in those movies. I figure he'd be perfect for it. And the whole setup with it is, is that car urban is pretty much like the, like it guy who's pretty good at impressions. And because cash Troy's whole thing is not a huge bomb, but it's kind of like a, um, an internet virus bomb that's going to go off oh, that's just going to fucking just clear out the internet it's just going to fucking kill the internet
0: gonna make so y2k look like Candyland or something exactly yeah. yeah
2: something like that exactly so pretty much uh yeah they have to get carbon and the only solution is is to get uh him to um use his abilities of impression uh, doing impressions and face swap and then get in there to stop the internet bomb from going off you know pretty simplistic but again the plots this doesn't have to be that
0: hard-hitting i love that you're just like yeah and we're just gonna make carl urban be like the world's greatest impression person that's ever existed yeah. like the dude from police <laughs> academy <laughs> it's, it's yeah yeah well dude
2: i mean his mccoy is fucking dead on all right yeah, like, i McCoy's just see him like good. doing all these impressions at, at you know at whatever the you know cia or fbi headquarters and they're like wow you're pretty good at that and then his knowledge of how to stop this virus is what puts him in there you know Jesus
0: Christ! Okay, no, I'm. In, I mean, I'm in. It's like yeah. the thing is that's stupid. Like your your idea is stupid, but it's not any more stupid than the original movie. Like it's, it's exactly, it, yeah. It doesn't matter. That's the beautiful thing is that that's not why people are watching this fucking movie. Like the the plot is just set dressing so that these actors can just do the dumb shit at each other.
2: Yeah, like yeah. you know, and of course they'll be like, "You killed the net. You killed the world." Like that kind of thing. The mentality of like, yeah. you know, I'm that that I'm going to bring the world back to the medieval times type of shit. So yeah, it's a real threat. It's a real threat.
0: Real threat. Yeah. I'll uh, yeah. escape from LA. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest,
2: man. Most of the other, th- those are the only two really important roles. I didn't r- really throw anybody else out there besides, you know, I'd like to throw Kurt Russell in as the head of the, you know, the FBI getting everybody. And sure. then. Um, as whoever you want to put in, I, I honestly was gonna throw in kind of like somebody older, like as like Castro Troy's brother
0: in it as opposed to his younger brother. Okay. So so nice. um I hadn't really thought of who was in. put in there yet. You could fill it in with the people from the Fast and the Furious movies and just like re reassign them names. Well, I was thinking of throwing in something random, like Keanu Reeves. So just to
2: have him in there and you're having him just do his serious face while all this wackiness is going on. Every once in a while, when he's interacting with the fake Caster Troy, he's just like, like you can tell, like the wheels are turning because it's fucking Counter Reeves and he's fucking John Wick and he's figuring the shit out before everybody else does. So,
0: you can even have him as like Dietrich, the guy, the guy that uh, <laughs> Caster Troy goes to h- hide out at when it's actually Travolta in the body of. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, Castor man, whoa! It's so good to see you. Yeah. Doing Good. drugs and partying down, and yeah, I, that would be so much fun. Okay, so my my two big dogs here. Um, oh, man, here I, we go. Oh, I'm so excited. I need to see this in my life. Uh, for Sean Archer, and so I'm doing this, casting them like they were at the beginning of the movie before their faces came off. Um, so Sean Archer as Travolta, the Travolta character that will do the Castro Troy character at some point the thing is I wanted to make sure the actors looked nothing alike, like in the original where you're just like your body shape is different. Your, your head shape, everything's you, even your skin tone is way different. Um, just making sure that it doesn't make any fucking sense. I wanted to keep the spirit of that. Uh, so somebody with a weird head, um, that also is just so distinct with voice, so distinct with their acting choices. Uh, Willem Dafoe as uh, detective Sean Archer. Holy shit. All right. I'm
2: right. I'm in. I'm in.
0: Yeah, right. go ahead. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you say now, who's the other person. But. Just let him let him make those big choices in this role. You know, just have him go for it. And then his Caster Troy, um, you want kind of a, a a little bit of a weirder actor that can go a little bit more uh than uh, <laughs> than Willem Dafoe can. Um, I decided it'd be so much fun as cult leader Castor Troy to cast John Malkovich uh in the role. Holy shit, he was one of my nays. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and also Look at him in Con Air. I mean, seriously, like. And these actors have worked together before. They were both in Shadow of the Vampire back in the day. Holy shit! I forgot about that. Yeah, Willem Dafoe played uh, Nosferatu, like the actual Nosferatu, <laughs> and um, I believe Malkovich was the director. I think. That makes complete sense. Yeah. So I think it would be so much fun seeing Willem Dafoe trying to trying to do the distinct way in which John Malkovich. It's. John Malkovich just talks like um, Werner Herzog, just without the German accent. And then you've got yeah. Malkovich. You know they're that close to each other. <laughs> um, so then we've got just a quick rundown of uh, the different characters. Eve, uh, the wife of uh, Sean Archer. I decided to go. I wanted somebody that was kind of a badass, and can hold their own a little bit, uh, but still gorgeous and and had that kind of like strict kind of vibe as the uh, as the actress that played the original did. I went with Robin yeah. Wright for that role. All right. She's great. She, I mean, she was a fucking Amazon. I feel like you were motivated by something you just watched a few days ago, but I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It definitely <laughs> wasn't uh, Justice League. Some four hour movie, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you'll see where I placed Superman <laughs> on here. I'm kidding. Um, we've got Pollux Choi, the younger brother. I really like this actor. He's in everything, but he doesn't, he's still not really a named actor. Uh, we've got John Hawks. Ah, uh, you may know him. He played ah uh, he played Saul, uh, star in Deadwood. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he was also in three billboards, and he's been he's been in a million things, and he's a great character actor. Um, he can play the badass. He can play the gr- greasy slime ball. He plays a lot. Um, but he's also like when he was playing Saul, he was this like spectacled awkward dude a little bit. Uh, oh or eastbound and down he's uh oh right yeah he's he's the brother brother. yeah yeah he's just
2: every time he's like god damn it stop acting like a dumbass (laughs) right
0: (laughs) so i think he'd be fun in that role then we've got jamie the uh the daughter and in this version she's gonna be like early college so she'll be okay still living at home and she doesn't want to live at home but they're overprotective because you know their other kid was murdered so they're kind of Protective of the, of the daughter a little they bit. They might have some kind of like, yeah, like kind of weird thing about issues it. with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just got to, decided to go with Katherine Newton. Uh, she was the actress from the movie Freaky. And if you haven't seen Freaky, that's oh, yeah. Oh, no, I have. With uh, with Vince Vaughn and opposite her. And she, it, it's a body switch movie. Uh, ha ha ha. All, uh, uh, with her and Vince Vaughn switching bodies. And it's super fun. Uh, but she was also in Map of Tiny Perfect Things which is like a Groundhog's Day teen comedy kind of thing going on. Uh that's oh my on Amazon Prime. Um, it's okay. And then uh, she was also in Detective Pikachu as well. So, diverse okay. casting well, here. Yeah, the, the, I, I've seen Freaky. I don't know if I'll um, shoot for the others. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but uh, great actress, and I think she's a perfect choice uh, to play, especially with Robin Wright as the mom. I think there's a good translation there. Um, and then we've got... Dietrich, the old buddy that, um, uh, Caster Troy bought the bombs from in the plot. Um, I'm going to have, uh, David Zayas play, uh, Dietrich. If you don't know that name, he played Batista, Detective Batista in Dexter. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I mean, he's such a charming, fun character and I could just see him, you know, Castro Troy coming over and he's got like looking like Batista, uh, you know. White feet underneath with the the Hawaiian shirt unbuttoned with the rings all over his hands and dancing to samba. And I'll be honest, I didn't even really worry
2: about it. But I just went so generic with mine where because he was bald in the movie, I just put Tyrese in again. Like, I'm just borrowing from Fast <laughs> and Furious. I'm like, he's nice. bald. Tyrese is bald. There
0: you go. So, <laughs> you know, all bald actors act the same, too. So. That's right. That's yeah. right. See, I had a ca- I had a bald Caster Troy, so I couldn't really have a bald uh, Dietrich as well. Okay, it's like what is this like is that, a bald? Do you cult? have a one, a one bald policy? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. One bald per movie, please. And then Sasha, the uh, sister of Dietrich, and uh, and f- former love interest of Caster Troy as well. Um, Gina Gershon was the original actress that portrayed that role. I'm bringing in, and she's a badass in the original. I want her to still be a badass in this one as well. She's had machine gunning at one point. Um, I brought in one of my favorite badass women of all time from the movies that you're talking about as well, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> she's fantastic. I adore her. I, I love like ev- everything she's in. So I felt like that was just kind of a, a no-brainer choice yeah. for that role. So that's my serious take. Now we're getting into the uh, the fun part here. Oh, man. Although I I like our versions already, but yeah. I'm interested to see just how fucking wild this gets. <laughs> um so for your remix version is this the same genre is it the same time is it modern day is it the future is it the past what, what's happening here it's modern day
2: it's it. it's kind of it's staying on the same beat um but the directors have a say in the matter and um so it's an action movie but it's gonna go into places that you wouldn't think that they would go into um and that's where the directors are really important. And then we, and then the cat and the actors kind of center this into a very weird experiment. So yeah, stays along the same lines. I guess there'd be a lot more comedic tones to this one than okay. like a straight action movie. So, okay. So uh, who do
0: you have for your director?
2: All right. So uh, I have Brian Taylor and uh, Mark. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. Nevelden um, who um, are responsible for a crank and crank oh, two son. and mom and dad and a bunch of bonkers shit and if you've seen crank two especially it is an action movie but an action movie on a, two lines of cocaine it's it's not even really the action pieces but just the the characters the shit that happens in there that's the way i want to go with my other face off um is yeah this you're gonna have more kind of Body humor and shit like that in there than my real one.
0: I I kind of went the same direction, not the same director. Although I will back you up on Crank Two. uh God, that is an so un- awesome. underappreciated gem. Crank One was fun, but Crank Two it was just a different level of like absolute. I mean, dude, they're shooting
2: strippers and it and the silicone is like bleeding out of their tits. Yeah, all right, it's, like it's goddamn insane. It there's a godzilla insane. scene. there's a random ass godzilla scene i mean that's <laughs> the kind of shit that i want in this face off is like just the where you're like am i still watching the same fucking movie yeah but again it's face off so you're already going into it not take it too seriously fuck yeah
0: uh for mine i definitely wanted to go batshit insane as well um and really make the entire movie like the last 20 minutes of the movie like the, the the boat fight scene <laughs> and just every. Make it just like nonstop insanity. Don't worry about physics. Don't worry about anything, really. Just make it super fun and ridiculous. So I'm setting mine in the distant future of 2015. Oh, God. And uh, the prison that's on the, on the oil rig is actually a space prison. Um, so so the, uh, just you can fill in the blanks on the number of spaceships and the boat scene as well. <laughs> you can have as like spaceships and shit. Uh, yeah. But it mostly takes place on Earth. Um, with a uh, like a rebel organization trying to take over like the planet or something you know make it even more massive um, it's Castor Troy. Troy uh, <laughs> we're getting the director David Sandberg to direct uh, this movie you may know him as uh, the director and star of Kung Fury and Kung Fury 2 I didn't know oh, yeah oh yeah
2: you, you taunting me with saying Kung Fury 2 as if it's I'm able to watch it yet. So no, not unfortunately. I know. No, uh, groups me have talked about that. God damn it. That movie I am waiting for.
0: If you're unfamiliar with Kung Fury, it was just about like 20, 25 minute short movie. Yeah. Um, that is like a set in quote unquote 1985. And, it's it's a, a cop that gets, like, struck by lightning and bit by a cobra at the same time, and it makes him Kung Fury. <laughs> and he has a, a partner called Triceracop, and it's a dinosaur cop that dies, and he has to, like, fight the Kung Fuhrer uh, through time and has to get a hacker, Hacker Man, to, like, help him transport through time. And there's laser raptors. It's it's so just boggers. It is every preteen boy's, like, wet dream of just, Arcade machines with robot arms and DeLoreans and time travel and dinosaurs and t- fighting Nazis and it's everything thrown into a blender and it's amazing and I want to see. It's like if you drank a, like a two-liter bottle of Surge while playing Nintendo sixty-four
2: and had every cheesy eighties action movie in the background and just blended it all into a movie. Like it's just such like hyperactive fucking insanity. I yeah. fucking love that movie. Yep.
0: I love it so much. And also if you uh, weren't familiar, he did not direct uh, the episodes, but he was the producer on a series that's available on shutter called blood machines. Ah, I watched like, the cu- first couple of that. Yeah. And that is also quite insane with the sound, all the soundtrack by uh, like retro wave band, uh, carpenter brute. So it's got very much got a similar tone to Kung Fury as far as like high contrast colors and just, fucking weird and wacky. Um, so i definitely check that out if you liked uh, Kung Fury. So that's who I have for uh, this version of face off. So nice. Do you have any uh, casting choices for your, this is what I'll be honest. This is what motivated me to even bring this up as a subject
2: is I was thinking this is more in the vein of you got Nick cage in the original, the Matt he's He's a master of overacting. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody else when I think of overacting that I usually throw in. That's motherfucking Al Pacino.
0: Al fucking Pacino. He, you know, gotta yeah, have Al Pacino. He crossed my mind as well. Uh, yeah. On this one. I thought it, it'd be really fun to have like an Al Pacino, a um, uh, De Niro, a De Niro Pacino face off would have been really fun as well. Yeah. Well, I specifically,
2: when I think of the Pacino that's gonna be in this movie, because he's gonna be the caster Troy through most of this, you know. um, I think of him as in the uh, devil's advocate where he plays, you know, the devil.
0: Yeah. Oh, and he's just wide
2: open. It's, and it's just, he's bonkers, amazingly bonkers to the entire movie. So I'm going to bring somebody that's going to bring it down a little bit, but still have his own kind of notoriety. And the other actor, other lead, it's going to be Christopher Walken.
0: Yes. I also considered Walken. Like, I'm glad that it was between, it was between Malkovich and Walken. I got new Pacino. But yeah, I went with walking on this one. I like that we ended up making different choices, but we were circling around the same areas a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. And just those two actors just interacting is going to be fucking
2: amazing. And like, I don't know if Pacino could potentially do any sort of walking impression.
0: I hope I will pay for it. I would fucking pay for it just to hear Pacino do walking. Yeah yeah and in the same instance hear walking
2: just attempt the freak out pacino a few times yes yes I, yeah yes. i did hear
0: walk go go
2: yeah Hoo-wah. <laughs> yeah just like over and over and just like he's an absentee i'm like, just getting like wild but still walking fuck so yeah. those are my two leads i i want this movie to fucking happen i don't know like it's just the guys from crank because you know they're gonna let them do whatever the fuck they want oh, fuck yes they are
0: and those two actors I, it's it's yeah and I feel like for any actor going into this knowing that they're going to be able to be as big as they want to are probably really excited about the property just to be able to just fully go for it exactly I mean, no subtlety whatsoever just go as huge as you want to and just just try to out cage cage yeah uh, would be the approach and I'm sure and every it, actor would be like oh this sounds amazing and of course
2: with their ages you know you can get away with Sean Archer being retired and some kind of where it works out that he's been he's retiring, gets pulled out because Catcher Troy, who had been, you know, out of sight for so many years, shows back up and is going to blow up fucking something important. And they're sure. like, and then they, you know, work it out that way. I get for me, the plot doesn't really matter. It it's doesn't all out, yeah. So it really doesn't like if you ask me to describe the plot of crank two, I'm just like, um The dude was falling from the sky, died, but came back to life and has to keep injecting drugs in himself to like, there's not much there. It's just about the content, like what's on, on the screen. That's kind of way I I took the approach with this.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly what this movie is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be any deeper than that. Um, It's just supposed to be eye candy, like explosions and stupid as fuck, like action sequences um, just for fun. And yeah, I definitely wanted to keep that spirit uh, is, is that your casting for your, you just went with the two big ones, just the, yeah,
2: the two big ones. Okay. I mean, cause I, again, with the secondary cast, I, I mean, I just want
0: I just concentrating those two guys for my main two, for the David Sandberg version, because he is Kung Fury as well. I figured that it made sense that Sean Archer, the super cop, as he's called in the original, um, he's mentioned as a super cop, David Sandberg would be taking on that role as well. So he will be Sean Archer. and then, okay. His arch nemesis, the bad guy, the villain, the bigger than life criminal, we've got as Castor Troy one David Hasselhoff. Holy shit! Yeah, Man, you hit right on eighties on, on this. Oh, completely. yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and then for the quick rundown, and I just went fucking huge, ridiculous for every casting choice. So for Eve Archer, the wife of Sean Archer, it's the director and the main main character as well. So I've cast his wife as Giselle, the model. That uh, all right? (laughs) I think married to Tom Brady or something. Um, Yeah, she's only been in The Devil Wears Prada and Taxi, that Queen Latifah movie from the early two thousand. So this will be her third movie. Yeah, uh, playing Eve Archer. I'm pretty sure she's not going to ruin it with bad acting. Just a just a guess here. I don't Uh, think she can. Not matter. Then for Paul Extroy, the younger brother, we've got one Crispin Glover. uh, Holy shit! God damn it. Oh,
2: all right, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm stealing yours, and I'm putting Chris McGlover in my ridiculous uh, one because I fucking love Chris McGlover, and yeah, these movies
0: are perfect for him. So perfect, they're fucking. Yeah, perfect. I, I'm I'm steal literally stealing one of your casting. That's fine, that's fine. And then for Jamie Archer, the younger d- young daughter, I thought it would be funnier is if it's the same kind of role where she comes in with like the crazy eye makeup, and she's like "fuck you, dad," and smoking, uh, but <laughs> she's like a child. Uh, so oh God. I, oh, I went man. with a uh, Brooklyn Prince who, uh, was the, the young daughter in the Florida project. And she was also in the, uh, Disney movie, the one and only Ivan. She's like nine. Yeah. So I thought it'd be fun to have that role. And just the, the thing that makes that character funny is the fact that it's a fucking nine year old. That's having these like teen problems. That's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. The only, the only other actress that I
2: thought, I thought you might've brought bring well, yeah, that you were going to bring up for that. Was the girl in
0: Psychogorman, Who she was does... incredible too. Yeah, um, that could. Ab- oh, fuck, I didn't think about that. That's actually a better <laughs> choice. Okay, well then I'm taking that and putting that in my version. <laughs> there you go. We just we just switched. It's power of teamwork. Uh, then Dietrich, the the buddy that helps him out. Of course, that's got to be Arnold. You got the Schwarzenegger in there to to help out. Who's <laughs> the guy that sold the bombs? You can have him just with a cigar hanging out of his mouth and b- larger than life. And then his sister that uh formerly has a, a romance with Castor Troy uh, you want somebody a true badass that's also going to be something somebody that whose personality can hold up to all the ridiculousness so I had to bring like one of the greatest badasses in our in our time Shalese Theron in there as oh, uh, as Sasha Hasler
2: so who has also been in
0: several or has been in a Fast & Furious movie just to mark that down too so <laughs> yeah, right as well as Atomic Blonde which is basically The color scheme that I'm looking for for this kind of a movie. Oh yeah, um, and also just like the absolute insanity action stuff as well. So, which Tommy Blom does not get the appreciation it deserves. It really doesn't. There was a lot of buildup to it when it came out, and then I don't know, it it just didn't get seen, or I don't know, I don't know what. But it, yeah, definitely deserves more appreciation. So we are at the tail end now, and uh, at this point, we only have our trailers left to do. Oh God. So I think I'm definitely doing my, my remix version, the Kung Fury director version on this one for my trailer. Uh, yeah, and I'm doing my Pacino uh,
2: uh, Crank 2 uh, version on my trailer. So Fuck yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: so let me key up the music.
1: In the future of 2015, the world is ripe with faith thefts. And only one super cop can stop the damage done to people's faces. This fall, join David Sandberg, director and star of Kung Fury and producer of Blood Machines, as he takes this face off to outer space. David Sandberg, against Caster Troy, played by German Germany's... Favorite son David Hasselhoff as they fight for the the right to wear each other's faces and to try not to destroy the world. Eve Archer, the, the John Archer's wife, is Giselle too, so that's cool. This fall, David Hasselhoff and David Sandberg switch faces, and and there's a there's spaceship chases face off out of this world (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) okay well
0: i guess that's the trailer yeah yeah there you go cool so (laughs) i I love love, what
2: i love about this podcast is most trailers are exactly the way they sound The trailers in rick and morty where it's just like and there's cats and
0: a grandma and like yeah <laughs> you so. can t- well that's the thing is that having done this show i realized that those scenes in, in rick and Morty they're just probably making up shit and then illustrating over whatever they come that's up with literally yeah that's yeah. what's happening yep it's brilliant we are less brilliant but i still love that format you're gonna be doing your your remix version right that's right all right i'm gonna go whenever you're ready all right
1: John Archer has been enjoying his retirement for the last 10 years, but now he's getting pulled back in and facing off literally against his nemesis. In a race against time, they've got to have a face-off. From the guys who brought you Crank and Crank 2, Facelift Off. (laughs) Starring the great and... Oscar-winning actor, Al Pacino, and the great holder of watches in his ass, Chris Walker. Be there this summer for the ultimate face lift-off.
0: <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right, we have our uh, two trailers here. I think that is exactly the way the, that uh, this movie needs to go if there's ever a remake, which... Looking up this stuff, it looks like there is some conversation about a uh, face-off remakes at some point in the future. Uh, there's no, re- or? no no real information about it. I, I would love okay. a sequel. That'd be great yeah. if they did a sequel. But <laughs> uh, yeah, no information really to go by. So, uh, so we'll see. But until then, we want to hear who you would cast in your face-off movie. Or if you want to do a sequel. Or how your reimagining would look like. Uh, you can hit us up on the Geeks Under the Influence Network hotline. That's 804-505-4484. That's 804-505-4GUI. And uh, that takes texts, uh, pictures, video, um, voicemail. So let us know what you think on this episode, What who you would cast for this. And uh, also let us know if there are particular films or TV shows or anything that you would love us to pitch in the future. We're always open to new ideas and uh, hearing from our fans. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. All the stuff you do with the podcasts. Uh, make sure to check out T Public through our link at GUI dot com slash store. Um uh, that has designs for this show for from the mouths of madness and beautiful disasters that Hunter's on. Oh, there's uh, some great shows, yeah. And some great <laughs> T shirt designs as well, as well as uh, mugs, stickers, magnets, buttons, what have you. Um as well as all the other shows on the network. All the network stuff, links to our merch, links to subscribe, all of that's at GUI dot com. So Join the conversation. Enjoy other stuff on the network, and we'll find you here uh, next time for another episode. I want to thank Connor for coming on and uh, facing thank off you, with thank me. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, on this. Uh, Anytime I can talk about face off, I'm very happy. So. I, I know that when there's a Nicholas Cage related property, usually you're pretty gung ho about it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for good reason. So uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time for another episode. I'm Mike the Hobbit, and you just got pitch snapped. <laughs>
1: GUI podcast.com.
0: Casterman, whoa, it's so good to see you. coming straight from the mouths of madness i'm lowdown i'm f.u hunter do you love horror we fucking do so this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror we're talking movies television composers special effects artists we're gonna fucking cover it so if you love horror embrace the madness